0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a very special edition of uh, the podcast. Uh, This is our big year-end movie uh, show where we list off our top 10 uh, films of the year 2017 that just ended. Woo! Um, I am Sean, and joined along by Eric. Eric, how you doing?
1: Hey, Sean. How's it going?
0: Going well. Uh, We have a lot of movies to talk about. Um, This has been uh, a surprisingly strong year for movies um a lot has come out a lot of good stuff and almost as much bad stuff too we're not gonna talk about the bad stuff um oh uh, yeah well
1: there's never any shortage of bad stuff
0: no 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 especially um during, any
1: any year they're making dc movies you know
0: oh low blow low <laughs> by the way did you see the uh the cover art for the blu-ray that came out today
1: i didn't know
0: oh they it's so bright
1: uh Oh yeah cuz I got to offset the the darkness of the movie or it's, yeah, or it's a couple whatever. shades
0: away from uh, Suicide Squad level.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: But anyway, um so we both have assembled uh just like last year, uh we have our top 10 list for t- the the 10 best movies from uh 2017. Um and we're going to be going back and forth with our picks. Um so are you ready?
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: All right, let's get started here. Why don't we start with some honorable mentions? Um, Eric, why don't you give us some of your honorable mentions? Some things that were very good, but unfortunately did not crack the top ten.
1: Okay, yeah. Uh, there, so, like you, I had a lot of trouble coming up with the top ten list. Um, it was just a really strong year. There was, And there was a lot of uh, Sophie's Choices to come up with the final top ten. And so a lot of great movies just had to uh, lag behind. I don't necessarily want to call out like my 11 through 15. I think there were a lot of interesting movies that came out this year uh, that maybe are ne- not in any conversations for best of the year, but I think they're worth looking at. Uh, one of them, my, my first honorable mention would be The Transfiguration, uh, which um, is a, it's like a coming-of-age story about a... Uh, serial killing he's a serial killer and he's like uh, 13 or 14 years old takes place in new york and uh, basically it's about this inner city kid that is obsessed with vampires and he's been murdering people and drinking their blood thinking that he's a vampire it's um a lot like the george romero movie martin
2: Mm, if
1: you've seen that i have um and also a little bit like let the right one in uh it's definitely worth looking at. It's um it's on Netflix too. So that's okay. easy to watch.
0: Yeah, I've never I've actually have not heard of it. I'm looking at the IMDb right now. Um looks interesting.
1: Yeah, you know, it's something that I I think I just read a review of it when it came out at some festival. And so once it was streaming, I watched it and it was uh turned out to be pretty good. I think it was just a little too small and it just kind of flew under the radar.
2: Mm. All
1: right. Um. Yeah, and then uh, another honorable mention I want to call out is um. Creep two. Uh, I don't know if you saw the first creep. Uh, I did or, not. Or creep two. Yeah. So, uh, these are kind of interesting little horror movies. They're both uh, two handers. Only um. Uh, just uh, two characters in each movie. Uh, basically, um, Mark Duplass plays a serial killer who likes to invite uh, videographers to come and film his life for a day and become, his, you know, and then they're his would-be victims. And um, they're they're this weird intersection between horror and cringe comedy. And um, they're, you know, very much of the mumblecore aesthetic, but I think they're a couple of the more interesting examples of that uh, filmmaking
0: movement. Hmm. Alright uh, What else do we have?
1: Yeah, uh, another one I really liked uh, It's uh, This was a Netflix original uh, It was Gerald's Game based on the Stephen King story
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, about a, a woman who gets handcuffed to her bed in a sex game and is uh, left uh, basically left to uh, survive and uh, it's a pretty dark and grisly and grim little horror movie uh that works on some psychological and some visceral levels and it's got one of the probably the best gore gag of the year uh i'm going to yeah, i'm going to say it's got the best gore gag of
0: 2017 yeah let's not spoil it uh, for people
1: no no but for that alone i think it's uh it's worth watching um another one i really liked that didn't, um, didn't get a lot of respect this year, but uh, I thought it was really one of the best, was uh, Alien Covenant.
0: Oh uh, boy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't know how you feel about Alien Covenant. I think you do. Uh, I mean, I know we've talked about it, but uh, I barely remember. Um, but I don't know, I thought this movie was really interesting. Uh, you know, with Prometheus, I wasn't thrilled with the direction that Ridley Scott was taking the series um, but I think that Alien Covenant kind of uh Alien Covenant impressed me so much that it makes me like Prometheus in retrospect.
0: <laughs> uh, oh, gee.
1: Yeah. Um another another great one uh would be Split, the M night Shyamalan movie starring James McAvoy as a uh a very dangerous man with split personality disorder. Uh that's I don't, I'd probably known at this point, but as a kind of a stealth sequel to another movie.
0: Uh, Well, believe it or not, I know at least one person who does not know the twist yet, if you want to call it that.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's barely a twist, and I don't think knowing it really affects your viewing of the movie one way or the other. Um, But that's just one cool thing about the movie on top of the fact that it's just pretty entertaining and interesting and just got a, a really great performance by James McAvoy. Um, and it was just a solid, uh, solid M night Shyamalan movie, which, uh, don't come by very often. <laughs> no, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I got two more. I want to highlight. Uh, one is, um, a Netflix original from very early in the year is uh, I don't feel at home in this world anymore.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, direct written and directed by Macon Blair, the actor from, uh, what is it? Blue ruin and green room. And, uh, Murder Party, all of uh, uh, Saulnier's movies. But it's a, like his, it's, it's kind of like um, a Coen Brothers-esque crime escapade with people just screwing up in a spiral of death and despair. And uh, it's a pretty funny, weird movie. Stars Melanie Kinski and Elijah Wood in a very off kilter revenge story. It's great. And it's free on Netflix. (laughs) It's free on Netflix. That's the best part. Uh, and the last one is, um, uh, Ingrid goes West, which I thought was, uh, really, really funny, great dark comedy, kind of in the mold of something like, uh, Heather's, um, uh, stars Aubrey Plaza as a, a Instagram stalker and her, uh, the new person she's obsessed with is played by Elizabeth Olson. And um, as far as stalker comedies go, it's uh, it's definitely up there and uh, worth a look.
0: All right. Um, as far as uh, my honorable mentions go, since you mentioned Ingrid Goes West, that's one of my honorable mentions as well. Um, very well done movie. I especially liked um, – what's, what's the name of uh, Ice Cube's uh, son – uh, uh, O'Shea
1: Jackson Jr.
0: Yeah, he's really funny in the movie. He's, like, obsessed he with... He's great in the movie. He's obsessed with yeah. Batman, especially Batman Forever, which holds a soft spot in my heart. <laughs> um, and, you know, Aud- Aubrey is really good. Um, all around, it's just a really fun movie, and it gets super dark at the end. So, you know, yeah. it's, uh, it's, it's, it's uh, definitely one that you should check out. Um, some other honorable mentions, uh, one that was almost on the list. It was, like if if there was a fight between 10 and and 11 this would be what landed the 11 slot which is uh the disaster artist um mm. it's I, I mean come on at this point you got to know it's it's just uh the story of Tom Wuzo making the room um even though it might not be 100% accurate and it's not uh it's still really funny especially uh if you have seen the room and uh it's it definitely works as a double feature, which is what uh, w- what we did. <laughs> we watched it as a double feature. Um,
1: That's the ideal way to see it, I think.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I'm curious what people think of the movie who haven't seen The Room because you kind of miss a few of the end jokes in there. But um yeah. but overall, it's there... pretty. Was it?
1: I'm sorry. Go ahead.
0: I was to say overall, it's it's pretty solid. Um, all the characters, all the acting's good in it. Um and you know James Franco plays are pretty damn good Tommy Wiseau. It's a, unfortunately he's probably not going to get nominated now because of things. Um, but <laughs> uh he was really good in it, and I'll, I'll give him props because it couldn't have been an easy thing to do.
1: Yeah, no, it, it, he's really impressive in it, and it's a it's a great movie. I really loved it. Um, the people I've talked to that have seen it and haven't seen The Room do like it, and I think they get it. But I. But do There's they no really way, get it? <laughs> exactly. That's the question. And yeah, I think uh, I think it really pays to have seen the room first uh, mm-hmm. because the room is really special.
0: Um, Another honorable mention, um, even though it may not have been one of the strongest comic book movies uh, of the last couple of years, I really, really did enjoy Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 Um. I would say from the crop of Marvel MCU movies, I think it was probably the best of the three that they had this year. It was three, right? Yeah. Um, but that
1: one, Spider-Man and Thor.
0: That's right. Yep. Okay. Um, so yeah, no, I, I really, I just want to, I just wanted to put that in the honorable, honorable mentions. Cause I feel like some people are kind of uh, shitting on it because it kind of follows along some of the same points as the first one, but I feel like it kind of, in some way kind of exceeds it in a little bit but at the same time i still love the original but i don't know what it was about the second one it just really uh really worked for me um, uh, i
1: think it's great and it's got a real depth of emotion like even deeper than the the first one and it's lot, those characters are so good i mean i, I can watch a million movies with those characters
0: and you probably will get a million movies with the characters yeah right Um, another honorable mention is, uh, we mentioned, uh, Ingrid Goes West, which, um, was a small little indie movie from the summer. Another small indie movie from the summer was a movie called Good Time, uh, which, uh, was put out by A24. By the way, A24 and Neon, really good, uh, slate of movies this year. Um, yeah,
1: absolutely. A24 seems to, like, I, I feel like I've seen their, uh, card come up in front of half the movies i've seen in the last few
0: months exactly um but good time is a really gritty um it's kind of a more of a a a character piece It follows robert pattinson he's his brother was uh, arrested after a bank robbery that they both committed and uh he's trying to get the bail money to get him out of jail because he what's what's the condition that he has? He has some sort of mental condition and he's afraid that he's going to get like assaulted and which he does. Uh,
2: yeah. Uh, I don't know
1: what the specific uh, condition is, but his, his, his brother is, uh, I would say mentally mm-hmm. uh, disabled or handicapped in some way.
0: Yeah. And it's basically following him throughout one night, trying to get the bail money to at least get him out temporarily. Um, and, uh, it's, it, it looks really nice. It's most of it shot at night, which looks great. Um, and, uh, overall it's a really solid outing, uh, from a 24 this year. Um, Yeah. Not
1: the last time we'll be talking about it.
0: No. Uh, actually, you know what? I'm not sure if this one's an a 20, let me check real quick because I think this might also be an a 24. Um, my next honorable mention uh, is a movie that came out uh, pretty limited uh, but it, somehow it came around my area and that's uh, the movie Brigsby bear which uh, the plot itself is really hard to explain without spoiling uh, you, you kind of find out in the first couple minutes just what exactly is going on but it's 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 um, it's more so just a, a love story of uh, creating your own uh, I guess work of art if you want to say that like it's um it's this guy who wants to make a feature length film based on this fake uh t- t- children's television series and um and it's it's a really f- it's there's a there's a lot of funny moments so it's also uh pretty dramatic too at at times. I can't t- I can't find if it's actually an A24 movie on here but I feel like it might be one of the A24 um
1: that sounds right. Yeah, I feel like it is.
0: I'm just going to assume that it is. Um but that's another honorable mention another honorable mention I had was uh uh the movie uh Raw which came out uh I believe it was at last year's uh Fantastic Fest that uh I think didn't you say that you saw it at last year's
1: Yeah, I saw it last year's fan- at In September 2016.
0: Yeah, um, but it uh, is—is it? It's a French movie, right? I'm trying to remember. I this is such a long time ago since I saw it. Um, Yep. But it's a French horror movie uh, where a a girl goes to away for college, and uh, she well, she doesn't. She's vegetarian. She doesn't eat meat, but she's forced to eat meat, and she has an allergic reaction. And next thing you know, uh, she turns into have cannibalistic uh, tendencies (laughs) and uh things kind of spiral from there and it's uh it's i was actually expecting it to be more gory than it was and it kind of wasn't but it's also you know uh, it's interesting to see especially the character progress throughout the movie um but i would definitely recommend it uh i think it's my one horror movie of these honorable mentions i think you had like most of them were horror movies
1: yeah most of mine were horror
0: uh, and my last honorable mention is going to be uh, Spotting 2, which is a sequel that came out to the first Spotting this year. Um, no one saw it. In fact, when I went to go see it, no one was in the theater um, except for myself. And, uh, but it was actually a really good uh, sequel to the first one, uh, minus, minus a lot of the drug uh, stuff in the first one. Uh, they there is some heroin use in the second one, but it's barely in there. It's more so just about the characters and how uh how they've evolved over I guess what would have been like 20 years or so, um, but it's it's a really good sequel, probably not as good as the first one, but it's still a really really solid sequel altogether. But uh, but yes, those are my honorable mentions, um, for 2017. So why don't we go into the actual lists themselves. Uh, Eric, why don't you give us your number 10 of the year?
1: Uh, Okay, so number 10 was uh, the really difficult spot because, uh, you know, there's just... It was hard to think of... um, It was hard to cut it off somewhere, and I really had to juggle three different movies in this spot, and what I ended up with is uh, Edgar Wright's Baby Driver, uh, I'm a huge, huge Edgar Wright fan, and um, uh, Baby Driver is, of course, his uh, new his action. I guess you'd call it a musical.
0: Yeah, heist, it's, it's kind chase of chase movie. Yeah, it's kind of set to a, a soundtrack, and uh, a lot like, for example, when people are shooting guns, it it, it uh, syncs up to the soundtrack and everything. Uh, yeah, really great editing. If it, honestly, if it's not nominated for best editing at the Academy Awards, there's something wrong.
1: Yeah, you know, but I've been saying that about literally every single Edgar Wright movie because his movies are all—I mean, they're all always so just technically, just incredibly yeah, well crafted.
0: Especially uh, this one, though, because oh it's, yeah, it, it's you're dealing with a lot of factors, you know, trying to get exactly the right placements for all the cuts, and it's, I, I don't think it will be because that's what happens with the Academy Awards, but um, yeah. But, yeah. I mean, it
1: has been getting nominated elsewhere for best editing. It uh, definitely deserves it. Uh, I mean, it, it's just a, an amazing movie. You know, I didn't, when I first saw it, I didn't dig it as much as I was hoping I would. And I think I had really high expectations, but uh, it's one that I've been drawn back to, and I've now watched it many times. And uh, I kind of just love it every I love it more every time. Uh, and even the editing is great, but the acting is great. the the musical selections are great. Uh, it's just really exciting. It's funny. Uh, it's like, it's got some great performances by like John Hamm and Jamie Foxx. And, uh, it's really one of the most fun movies of the year.
0: Are you leaving someone out there?
1: <laughs> oh, uh, no, I'm not leaving anyone out. Uh, you mean Christopher Plummer, right?
0: Oh yeah. That guy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which is funny uh, looking back. You know what? It's a good thing that that movie came out earlier in the year because I could only imagine what they would have had to do because he actually turns out to be a kind of okay person in the movie. It's just like, Oh
1: yeah, it would have been such a shame if this movie kind of had to bear the brunt of that because um, it's so much, it's so much more than Kevin Spacey. And I mean, he's, he's good. And I mean, I I like Kevin Spacey as an actor and he, he, does his normal thing here. Uh they had the good sense to run him the hell over at the end of the movie <laughs> though, so he won't be back.
0: Yeah, Exactly. Well, are they are they talking about cuz I remember hearing Edgar Edgar Wright saying that he wanted to make a sequel, which I can't yeah. I can't see.
1: I mean, it hasn't been um green lit or anything, but he is he has expressed interest in and in writing another one, so I don't know. I would uh I would I'll take whatever he makes, so
0: Mm-hmm. uh my number 10 uh going back to neon uh is uh, colossal the movie where Anne hathaway plays a kaiju and uh <laughs> is drunk all the time um it actually kind of came out of nowhere i remember uh trying to stay away from uh the marketing campaign which from what i hear later on spoiled a lot of the movie which is good that i stayed away from that but yeah. um but yeah, she's uh Anna Hathaway is uh an alcoholic and she goes back home after she uh loses her job and uh runs into some old um some old friends who then find out together that she has this weird thing where if she steps into one specific place on a playground, uh she's able to not only um summon a giant uh kaiju in what was it, Korea, I think. Yeah, it's um, Seoul, South Korea. Yeah, um, but also can control it um, in exact movements, whatever she does, um, which is sounds bizarre, and it is, but they kind of play it up, especially towards the end where uh, Jason Sudeikis, who was really good in the movie. I don't really like him as an actor. I think he's kind of not good, but...
1: This was the most impressive he's ever been, yeah, as far as I've seen. He, he really plays a character here.
0: Yeah, and he is just evil. At one point, like he is super, super Mm -hmm. evil to the point where there's a um, almost there's a standoff between the two of them, which also involves kaiju's. And that's all I'm going to say. Um, but Mm -hmm. it was it was a pleasant surprise earlier in the year, but definitely highly recommended to check out. um, Colossal.
1: Yeah, it's that's a great movie, and it's like really high concept, but uh, it plays much more straightforward than it sounds and uh it's a great uh quirky movie i really love it too
0: yeah it's it's ridiculous but it's it they play it completely straight and it it works so um number nine
1: so uh my number nine is good time uh which i uh so i mean you you said it is it's a great movie um it's uh it's really exciting and it it's a it's an interesting movie. It's a unlike a lot of other things. The way it's paced, it's all kind of a all-in-one-night movie. And um you're just kind of following Robert Pattinson as he's just hustling trying to get that money to and trying to um break his brother out of jail and it's um the the character the, the way they um the way they form all these characters and it it feels just really unique and like you're watching a, a real vision uh and getting a real sense of place and time like
0: it, yeah it also feels very realistic like i could believe these characters would i could run into them in the middle of new york you know like yeah. they're they uh, i would say aside from the florida project probably the most realistic uh depiction of people of the year
2: mhm
1: no, I agree. It's um it yeah, it it feels heightened because it's uh it's just so frenetic in the way it's edited and, and the way it's shot. It's very colorful and the score is is all kind of synth and electro and it's really oh, yeah. great. It's a really great score. It's one of, probably my favorite score of the year. Um and that makes it feel like you're watching something really crazy, but it all feels so grounded and everyone feels so real. Uh, It's a, it's a really great underrated movie and I hope um, more more people see it, especially because Robert Pattinson is just so good in that movie.
0: Now, would you say watching it was a good time?
1: Yes, I would, Sean.
0: (laughs) Uh, My number nine watching it is not so good of a time. Uh, My number nine is a ghost story um uh a 24 again uh popping up uh it's it's a simple premise um casey affleck dies spoiler (laughs) and uh he comes back as a ghost but he's it's it's you would think on paper it would be comical because he comes back in like a full um like a, a a full sheet with two holes uh cut out for eyes um And it's played completely straight and you kind of buy it after a while. Um, It's it's kind of a tale of two movies to me, because like the first half of it is very slow and very. It takes a while to get started, but once it starts going and you start uh, realizing what's going on with his character and the stuff going on around him and everything, um, it gets it gets to be very interesting, especially considering how time isn't really a thing. In uh, this universe, Um, he kind of just it's almost like the um, the prototypical voyeur movie where he's just watching things happen in front of him as time goes by and literally thousands of years go by in front of him. It's not even I'm not even exaggerating Um, and uh, other than two scenes, one where Rooney Mara eats a pie and another scene where he starts throwing plates at at, uh, a Mexican family. Um, other than those two scenes, uh, everything else in the movie is, is pretty gripping. And once you get to the end, you, it's, it's, it's definitely, um, it makes you think some things. I'll put it that way. Um, but yeah, I don't know if you saw this one, uh, during the year.
1: Yeah. Not. I didn't get to see it, but, uh, it's one that I definitely want to catch up on. Um, yeah, it, it, it looked great. It looked really beautifully shot and it wasn't it in like, uh. Kind of a square aspect ratio.
0: Yeah, it was matted to four by three, and it had uh, the, the curved edges on it, so it was like old school matting. Um, mm-hmm. And it, it it does provide. I mean, I wa- I didn't see it in theaters; it w- it didn't play near me. I so I saw it. Um, I saw it on my computer, which I guess kind of limits the effect of it a little bit, but you still get the idea. And and I understand why they chose that. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's very well shot, even with. Uh, half the screen missing. Uh, it's still, it looks great. Awesome.
1: Yeah. I look forward to seeing it. Um,
0: uh, what so about number, number eight. eight. Yes. Yeah. Uh,
1: my number eight is an, an adaptation of, uh, one of my favorite books. Uh, my number eight is it or it chapter one oh. as it's uh, called <laughs> in the, the end title.
0: When you said one of my favorite books, uh, books, I thought you were going to say 50 shades darker.
1: Damn uh you know i uh I still have to catch up on that one i'm not as uh i'm not as fanatical as you are
0: oh of course not <laughs>
1: I'm sure you have your uh, fifty shades free freed uh ticket spot i don't sell yet. uh well damn <laughs> um, but yeah it uh it it's just a really solid horror movie uh, it's a really solid huge budget horror movie and um it's rare to see a horror movie kind of make as big of a splash as this did. I mean, I think it's like the sixth, uh, like the sixth highest grossing movie of the year domestically. Yeah. It uh, was crazy. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, I think deservedly. So I think it does a great job of adapting the book. The kid characters are all really, um, entertaining and engaging and their relationships, uh, are feel, uh, they feel real and they're they're just it's gripping, and then the clown is is great. They did a great job, and I think they managed to uh, create something that's just as good and separate from Tim Curry's version.
0: Uh, yeah, uh, I, I I will say I, I thought that Pennywise was it was a good adaptation of the character. I thought that the the actor whose name I forget did a really great job with it.
1: Uh, Bill Skarsgård.
0: Yes. I see. I can't remember which Skarsgård is. It's, it's one of them. Um, but, uh, my only gripe with it is that I didn't find it scary. And I don't know if that's, I didn't either. I mean, but
1: I also didn't find any horror movie I saw this year scary. And I, you know, I don't, I, I know I'm partly desensitized and I think you are too, but yeah. yeah, it, it isn't that scary. Um, but it is a, great roller coaster ride
0: i mean don't get me wrong it's fun watching the people next to me react to jump scares yeah Uh, but as far as the movie itself there's a few unsettling things but not to the point where like for example like seeing the witch where it's not super scary but it's incredibly unsettling um and i think that's just i mean i i thought it was a good movie i enjoyed it i thought the acting was really solid in it um it's just, I didn't find it scary. That's the only thing.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, I, I agree with you that The Witch is scarier and better. Uh, so go watch The Witch, but then maybe watch it as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, my number eight is uh, Phantom Thread, the Paul Thomas Anderson movie. Um, Daniel day lewiss supposedly last movie. We'll see. Um, and he's a fashion designer in, uh, the UK and I, I didn't get what the year was. I think it was like in the seventies or eighties. I'm not sure. Uh, Um, no, I
1: think it was, uh, the fifties. It was was post world war II. Yeah.
0: Okay. Um, but he is a fashion designer who, um, meets, uh, a, a, a a new lady. Um, they make it sound like he goes through women all the time, whether it be as a relationship, which, kind of is barely one or um, he's using them to model his new clothing um, and he meets this new woman and uh, things ensue she tries to change him and uh, I won't spoil it but um, she might be successful in that regard um, everyone in the movie is great uh, Neon Day-Lewis especially is really good um, shot well did we ever find out if PTA was the DP or not because at first he was and then he said he wasn't, but then no one knows the DP who was on the movie. So, I
1: yeah, kinda... I don't know. I mean, I thought it was him, but uh, I'm trying to remember if it said anything in the credits.
0: The, um, yeah, it was it was weird because it, it kind of feels like one of those Steven Soderbergh uh, situations where he's just coming up with fake names, but uh, right. But yeah, no. Um, it looked really good. It doesn't. It's not like a prototypical paul thomas anderson movie either um there weren't a lot of tracking shots um there was uh some uh, there was a good amount of dialogue but not like what you come to expect from a pta movie um but overall it's it's very interesting i think a lot of it relies on the two lead actors and they do a really good job so yeah
1: they're both great Uh, it's a great movie and that relationship is kind of endlessly fascinating because at the at the end of the day the movie is kind of like a, a power struggle between the two of them mm-hmm. and uh it it wouldn't work if daniel day lewis was not up against someone as good as him and uh I, unfortunately I, I feel bad i don't know the actress's name but she is uh, she's great in it and it's a uh, the two of them are just uh really wonderful together on screen
0: her name is uh vicky uh ooh, uh vicky crepes crepes i think something like that I don't let's know. go with it yeah by the way i also found out uh apparently uh pta is uncredited as a cinematographer so there you go but uh yes uh, number eight phantom thread
1: okay so number seven uh, is a turned out to be a, a far more controversial movie than I would have expected. Oh no! Um, oh no! <laughs> it's it's a Star Wars: The Last Jedi. Oh no! Uh, which is uh, the seventh movie in the Star Wars saga, I'm not counting Rogue One.
0: And your seventh, about... seventh pick? I, I assume you did it on purpose.
1: <laughs> no, I didn't. That actually just uh, kind of worked out perfectly. Uh, but uh, I mean, I thought this movie was just absolutely. Incredible, and everything I've ever wanted from a Star Wars movie. Uh, it's definitely my favorite Star Wars movie. Um, the characters are great. The just the dynamics are amazing. I think it really uh, it really cements the new characters, especially um, Kylo Ren and Ray as uh, really indelible, amazing characters on par with you know the original trilogy people. And I think it does just as many great things with Leia and Luke. Um, it's got amazing action. It's gorgeous. The The lightsaber fight with the the Praetorian guards or whatever they're called is the best fight scene in any Star Wars movie.
0: Now I think you're falsely labeling it as a, as a lightsaber fight. It's not really a lightsaber fight.
1: Okay, the, the fight with lightsabers in it. <laughs> is the best fight scene in the series. Um, I thought uh I, it's great. I have literally zero complaints about that movie. I think it's wonderful and uh, I w- would watch it. I can't wait till it's on Blu-ray because I'm going to watch it nonstop. Uh I don't know how you I don't <laughs> think we ever really touched on it cuz you didn't want to you, you
0: you didn't because want to say I'm still in the middle of the road. Like I can't decide whether or not I liked it or I hated it. And, but it's, it's somewhere in between there. Um, I, I mean, if, if we're just talking about, uh, Luke milk and the sea cow, I'm all for that. Um, I mean,
1: that's incredible. I've never, <laughs> you're never going to get anything as good as that again in star Wars.
0: No, that was that's literally, I'll, I'll give it to them. That that was the best scene ever in a star Wars movie. I'll give them that. <laughs> um but yeah i don't know like and we 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 did a review on the last jedi a couple a few weeks ago um there's a i in my opinion i think there's a lot of problems uh especially with the screenplay um where it does really good stuff it's really great but then there's some bad stuff that is like unbearably bad like some of the uh some of the messages in the movie, which are over hitting you over the head, especially when they go to the casino planet. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm still kind of, I'm not pissed off about Snoke, but at the same time, um, they kind of set us up for disappointment. So, which I blame JJ more than I blame Ryan Johnson. In fact, I don't really blame Ryan Johnson for anything other than just maybe an uneven script. Uh, I don't,
1: force can set snoke up as anything more than what he turned out to be and i think we got as much snoke as we did the emperor in the original trilogy so
0: i don't i don't know if that's 100 percent accurate uh, i mean he was not in i mean the i haven't wise. done
1: i haven't counted the minutes but uh but i i, I feel like I, I i love the snoke turn um i get why that's a sticking point for for some people but i disagree but that's a, this is we could go on and on talking yeah about
0: I know I know Star Wars um, and he's not I mean I'll just say one more thing about that it's not I didn't really care so much about his character. It's just that the fact that JJ Abrams told us he was important and then he turned out not to be um,
1: well maybe JJ will bring him back
0: I don't know like I said during spoiler during the uh, review uh, he seemed pretty dead uh, His tongue was sticking out at one point. He seemed
1: very dead, but, uh, but <laughs> JJ, you know, I so part of me feels like JJ will redo all the things that Ryan Johnson oh, yeah. tried to do. Uh,
0: Ray's getting her parents back. <laughs> um, yeah. I guarantee it. Uh, I don't think Snoke is going to be resolved. I, I, I honestly, it's weird because, uh, episode eight feels like it should be the end of the trilogy minus the part where they kind of fail at the end in a way um but there's one more movie and I don't know what the hell they're doing. In fact, I heard a rumor that uh JJ was just pitching the story for the movie a, f- a few weeks ago, which is kind of troubling. Um but I don't know. We'll see. I I definitely yes. Yeah, I I I wouldn't put it on on a list of of my top movies just because it is like I said somewhere in the middle there, but I don't know. Not really much else to say.
1: Uh, well, it's my number seven, <laughs> and uh, I loved it.
0: Um, my number seven is a small indie film called Logan. Um, it is uh, the best comic book movie of the year, um, which goes to show you, last year uh, I had Deadpool in my top ten, this year Logan. Uh, before they were bought by Disney, Fox was making some interesting uh, Marvel adaptations, um, and, uh, everyone's, uh, really good in the movie, especially Hugh Jackman. Uh, I can't remember the name of the little girl that plays, um, Laura slash X-23, but she was really solid in the movie. Daphne King. There you go. And, uh, and it's really, it's a, there's some good action in it. Uh, it's got a great story to it, even though some people think it's a ripoff of a lot of Westerns like Shane. Um, and, uh, you know, it looks great uh, my only complaint is that the score could have been a little better, but you know, that's just a very small, uh, nitpick. Um, and, but yeah, no, highly recommend. It's definitely, it's not like, it's not, I wouldn't say it's better than dark night. Cause I know a lot of people, um, put that up as the best comic book movie. And I think I do too, to some extent, but, um, but it's, it's definitely up there with the top ones.
1: Absolutely. It's a great pick and, uh, it's on my list as well. So we'll get to it.
0: <laughs>
2: okay.
1: But, uh, but uh, it's uh, yeah, it's um, it's great. It's and it's 100 percent up there with Dark Knight and any other movies you would call the best superhero movie. It's a tough field.
0: Yeah, it it. I, it you know what? Looking back, this year was pr- minus the DC fair. Uh, this year was a pretty good year for comic book movies.
1: Yeah, it was. Uh, you know, some people like to complain that we get too many, but when they're all this good. Uh, I'm okay with
0: it. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think once the Fox deal goes through, we're not going to be getting as many, but, uh, but no, I, I mean a comic book movie every what, three months, that's not a big deal. No, it's not. People
1: make too big of a fuss out of it. It, um, I will say
0: it kind of does water down some of them, but that could also be, uh, due to the Marvel model. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, no it's
1: uh, you know but they're I feel like they're also constantly evolving and we are still getting things that feel new like Deadpool and Logan and um, like uh, even like uh, Guardians of the Galaxy is a volume 2 is way different from a lot of other superhero movies it's, it doesn't really have much of a plot a plot it's uh, it's really more kind of just hanging out with characters in smaller storylines and uh and you know there 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 are lots of chances being taken in the genre now and i think we're getting some good movies out of it not all of them are great mm. but uh some of them are really good
0: yeah all right uh where are we at number 6
1: yeah number 6 uh my number 6 is uh it's one of the it's the, it's great and it's from one of the best directors it's uh dunkirk
0: christopher nolan's oh, dunkirk oh shit that's my number 6
1: Oh, wow. Perfect. So we can just right. uh, have a nice discussion about this. Uh, Christopher Nolan's uh, opus about the um, the uh, evacuation of um, Allied troops at Dunkirk. And uh, it's told with um, a weird kind of timeline structure uh, that keeps folding in on itself.
0: Um, <laughs> Which, um, b- when I heard about that before seeing the movie, got me a little worried. Uh, cause I'm like, Oh, you're kind of, and then I, and then, um, and then finding out, uh, beforehand also that they kind of, uh, leap over a few parts. I'm like, Oh, that might not work, but it, you know, overall it, it, it does. And, um, you know, it's, it's not hard to follow. And I know a lot of people, uh, like to make the claim that the movie has no heart. Um, I guess that's like a Christopher Nolan thing. Like nothing has actual heart to it. It's all just darkness, <laughs> I that
1: doesn't really make any sense to me. I don't, I mean, I think I'm, I like Christopher Nolan, but I don't think I would say that any of his movies lack heart. I feel like they're all very sincere.
0: That's what and some Dunkirk, people say.
1: Well, there, are some people just need to stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, I mean, I, Dunkirk has a ton of heart. And even though the characters, you know, we don't really know their names and, uh, we don't know much about them oh. other than that they're trying to survive.
0: So it's like an actual war.
1: Yeah, you know, it's kinda crazy and it's just so intense. And uh I've it's like a really gripping movie and, and uh the the way he tells the story with that timeline, it actually really enhances the tension and the 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 strength the stress inducing, you know, methods that Nolan is going for uh, it's one of the most intense movies of the year and uh, I mean I was kind of like gripping my handrest when I first saw it because it's so intense
0: well yeah especially the opening scene where they're running through uh, France and they're uh, trying to get to the beach real quick um, I actually saw it I saw it twice once in uh, 70 millimeter which looked good but then I saw it in IMAX 70 millimeter which looked even better And, uh, the, um, the opening scene alone is the sound design is, is so, so key to, to creating the tension in the movie and even the score, uh, the Hans Zimmer score really does a really good job of, of just keeping you, um, engaged, but also kind of afraid of what's going to happen next. Um, and yeah, it's, I mean, to me, the only part of the movie that's slightly, Hit or miss is when they're on the boat at times, um, and then you have the whole the whole thing where the dude gets pushed down and dies. Spoiler, um, <laughs> that yeah, was a little much. The
1: dude, like that, like like uh he's the only one. Like, there's only one guy that dies. On the yeah, movie.
0: exactly. Um, only one guy dies on the boat, though. Uh, yes, but. That part was a little little much, but I will say, uh, you know, Christopher Nolan's known to make movies that are usually longer, and at, a, at an hour and a half, it feels pretty brisk. Um, I wouldn't want to watch it for any more than that, um, but yeah, no, and and obviously, there's a, a ton of practical effects throughout the movie, some things that make you go, wow, how did they do that? They must have used uh, CGI, and you'd find out, nope, they actually sunk a bunch of ships. <laughs>
1: Um, yeah technically it's really impressive and uh, the fl- some of the flying scenes look uh, so beautiful and I just don't know it like it, it w- it's just great and like it feels like you're really watching Tom Hardy flying through the air and these and I know they crashed like a million dollar airplane like a vintage airplane to do it and you know that's just no one else could do that besides Christopher Nolan because he they'll pay him Anything he wants to make these movies, yeah. uh, but but it pays off because uh, it's a really awesome movie.
0: And surprisingly enough, it actually made a decent amount of money considering how it came out in the middle of the summer, <laughs> and it's a war movie. Like uh, the Christopher Nolan name actually carries a lot of uh, weight with audiences. It seems. Um.
1: Yeah, uh, he's he's. I think he's now now kind of known. As, you know, one of the filmmakers to watch, you know, he's kind of transcended. uh, He's transcended into like a, a named person. So he's like he's up there with Spielberg and Tarantino as far as like director's names that people, ordinary people recognize and say, oh, yeah, I love his work.
0: Yeah. But one of the things that he has that none of them have are the Internet people who will just massacre you if you say anything bad about them.
1: That's true. <laughs> He's got his own army of trolls.
0: Yes. <laughs> um, I don't know. What, what else can we say about Dunkirk uh, um, that we haven't already said? Uh, it's,
1: uh, it's it's just great. It's so good. Um, and like you said about the length, I mean, that's kind of the most impressive thing. Uh, I, I, I love almost all of Nolan's movies, but he definitely likes to go on a little longer than necessary it kind of feels <clears throat> like he just wants to mm-hmm. indulge oh, himself excuse me uh yeah, yeah are you okay <laughs> do you need like a, a lozenge there no
0: I think I'm gonna be okay
1: okay uh yeah but then this one is just like all the fat is trimmed off of it and uh, it's just really impressive and it's it's a different kind of movie than what we normally get from him it's not as it's high concept in the storytelling but you know it's just a it's a very human story without any superheroes or dreams and you know it's it's not not science fiction
0: yeah and I also heard another uh point that apparently the script was only like 40 pages long or something like that like it was a really short obviously there was a lot of uh detail in what was going on but there, it's not a very dialogue heavy movie um yeah so yeah
1: The fact that he could get a movie greenlit with a 40-page script is kind of— He's Christopher uh,
0: Nolan. He has that power now.
1: Yeah, he does. and uh, I'm glad they greenlit it because it's an awesome movie.
0: All right, number five.
1: All right, number five. Uh, My number five is Brawl in Cell Block 99, Uh, the new movie from uh, S. Craig Zahler, who uh, last did uh, Bone Tomahawk. Mm-hmm. And so this is kind of like a exploitation movie um, where Vince Vaughn plays a a uh, kind of a down on down down on his luck guy who um, gets into a life of crime and ends up uh, going to prison, and then um, some uh, bad people that he wronged kidnap his family and uh, make him do some really. Brutal, violent things, uh, or they'll, you know, they'll kill his family, and uh, it's really gruesome. And uh, it's got amazing dialogue, just like Bone Tomahawk. And uh, prob- I, I want to say the best uh, performance of Vince Vaughn's career. He's just absolutely incredible in this movie, and uh, he hasn't been anywhere near as good in a long time. Uh, and it's it's great. And uh, I know you didn't like Bone Tomahawk. I don't know if you saw this one, but I, I, I think if you did, you probably wouldn't didn't like it. Uh,
0: it's uh, it's not that I didn't like Bone Tomahawk. I felt like it was um it it was uncom incomplete. Uh, like I I feel like there was a really really good solid movie in there, and they kind of just tried to shoot uh, use as much footage footage as possible, even though there was like times where the story could have used a little more oomph to it um but i actually have not seen uh brawl in cell block uh whatever it's 99 <laughs> 99 um it's i have it downloaded i haven't watched it though um but i
1: like it i mean it's good i i know what you're saying uh zoller definitely has like a, this very laconic kind of storytelling uh, where he really sits with a scene and it'll just, you kind of just sitting in silence and just watching Which people.
0: It's fine. Like, for example, there's a lot of that in a ghost story. Um, but I don't know. It's, I just, I saw a lot more potential with bone Tomahawk than, uh, and, and I also knew about some of the troubled production, like how they were rushed and everything. So I don't know. It, it kind of felt that way to me. Um, but I'm, I am, I am curious to, to watch, uh, this one. Um, but I need to know, is, is there anything as violent as that one scene from Bone Tomahawk?
1: It, you know, it's it's hard to say because that, that one scene in Bone Tomahawk is quite violent. I will say that um, Brawl has a couple of really great gags that are violent in different ways from that uh, craziness. Uh, mm. So it, it's it's close if it doesn't exceed it.
0: All right, um, I guess my number five is a movie that uh, just came out not that long ago. A movie called *I Tanya*, um, based on Tanya Harding, the uh, f- former figure skater. Um, and I think I think the best way to describe the movie, and I've I've described this a few times for people who've asked me about it who didn't really know too much about it other than the fact that it is a Tanya Harding movie. Uh, the best way I describe it is it's basically stupid good (laughs) fellas. Um, because you have all these people in this, in this movie who are pretty dumb and, uh, they, they commit the crime against Nancy, uh, Nancy Kerrigan. And, um, and it's just, it's incredibly entertaining. Uh, very, very heavy on the dialogue as compared to, um, Dunkirk. Uh, and, um... It's, it's interesting because it's pseudo-documentary-like where they have interviews with all the... It's the actors playing the real people, but it's it, they're supposed to be them in the future. Um, I say future. I should say present. It's in present day. And uh, they're recounting the story of everything. Um, and in the beginning of the movie, they blatantly tell you, like, yeah, some of this is bullshit, but we're going to tell it to you anyway. Um, which is... Pretty interesting. Um there like there's there's things in the movie they break the fourth wall constantly. And there's things in the movie where they're just like, Yep, this didn't happen. And then there's parts of the movie where like this definitely happened. Um and there's back and forth and everything. There's some great performances. Uh Alison really good. I think she might end up winning the Oscar uh for the movie. Um Margot Robbie's really strong, even though she looks nothing like Tanya Harding, uh, in my opinion um and oh what's the name of uh winter soldier guy um uh
1: sebastian stan yeah
0: he's he's really good as as her husband uh and it's it's a really funny movie too like um there's a lot of really solid jokes in there and it's just funny how just dumb all these people are like there's some uh, the funniest thing in the movie is when the actual nancy kerrigan attack happens and the dude is trying to escape the the practice facility and it's it's just hilarious how dumb he is um but no highly recommend it it's a they have a great soundtrack too i i would definitely recommend it for the soundtrack alone um but yeah highly recommend it i tanya
1: yeah i didn't get to see that one yet but um um, I, I definitely want to. I'm always a little wary of kind of uh, of movies that are trying to do the Martin Scorsese Goodfellas kind of thing.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But
1: uh, but by all accounts, this does it really well.
0: Yeah, it's not like a it's not like a straight up ripoff of Goodfellas. But I, I in like essence, it's 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 like a Goodfellas. Right. Um... Well, you know,
1: and that's just like like David or Russell now. That's his
2: thing. Oh, is yeah.
1: that all of his movies are now trying to be Goodfellas? And, you know, sometimes he's better at it than other times. But um, this one, you know, I think this seems to be a cut
0: above. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, number
1: four. Number four. Uh, so my number four is um, it's the sequel to uh, another movie that was uh, at the top of my list, you know, another year. It's uh, John Wick Chapter Two. Oh. Uh, the continuation of the epic saga of... Uh, Keanu Reeves getting revenge on people for doing bad things. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, you know, I thought this movie was just really everything you'd want from a sequel to John wick. It's got a, a really incredible action scenes. Um, it really deepens the, the very interesting mythology of that. The first movie kind of, uh, presented with Mm -hmm. this kind of, uh, this crazy underground where uh, there's like a million assassins in the world and they're all paid with gold coins and they all go to the same chain of hotels.
0: And, yeah. And now we're um, going to be getting a TV show about it.
1: Yeah. And you know, I'm there for that. I'm very there for that. Uh, I think uh, John Wick, t- John Wick too. I don't know if it's better than the first one. I think, I think it's though. better. It might be. Uh, I mean, I think the first one's a little tighter, but um, I, there's, no, I have no complaints about John Wick Chapter Two. I think it's incredible. I think Common uh, plays a really great uh, foil to to Wick, uh, which is something that the first one didn't have. Um,
0: yeah, and, and you say the first one's tighter, and I think that's simply because it's shorter. Like the second one is longer, but I feel like the the screenplay was a little more fleshed out in the second one.
1: Yeah, no, I, I think uh, there's nothing that I couldn't like easily cut out in the second one and um, It it does take a little longer to get going. It's got a great opening action scene You know where he's John is stealing back his car And, and but then you know it kind of lays off for like 40 50 minutes until the next big uh, Underground tunnel fight scene,
0: which is fine, They're just setting up which for, you is know, the rest yeah, of it.
1: It's totally fine and I uh, but you know, and some of the stuff that happens in between is amazing. You know, there's the whole montage of him getting the weapons from the Sommelier, getting the underground tunnel plans, and uh, getting his new suits, uh, which is just—it's just—it's as entertaining as any of the the gunfights in the movie. Um, I think it's—it's it's a fascinating world, and uh, they the movies are just so stylish and so fun, and Keanu Reeves is. Um, kind of perfect in that role, uh, you know. I like Keanu a lot. He's limited in what in what he can do, <laughs> <laughs> but but this is you know uh, the the perfect role for him.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: uh, yeah, it's great.
0: Hopefully, the uh, third one will be just as good. We'll see.
1: Yeah, we'll see. Time um, will tell.
0: My uh, number four is uh, a movie that just won. Uh, the Golden Globe for best drama, and that is three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. Um, The new Martin McDonough movie, uh, his previous movies in Bruges and Seven Psychopaths, great movies. Um, This one's a little more dramatic than the other two. Um, You have some great performances, specifically Francis McDormand and Sam Rockwell are really good in the movie. Uh, Woody Woody Harrelson plays a sympathetic character, which is something he doesn't normally do. (laughs) Um and uh you know the, Peter Dinklage shows up very briefly um and he's really good in a in a nice little supporting role um and it's 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 a it's a very interesting story about uh this woman's uh, daughter who gets uh, raped and murdered and she's trying to find out who the killer is so she puts up some billboards and it's it's kind of simple but at the same time there's a lot of stuff going on around her that um you know it's at times is comedic but at other times is pretty pretty horrifying um you know that's in a nutshell sam rockwell's character like it's it's he's kind of amusing at first but then he kind of goes through something horrific and then he does something horrific actually no it's reverse he does something horrific and then something horrific happens to him and then by the end you're like oh i kind of side with him it's it's a it's an interesting uh character turn um but yeah um part of me thinks that uh, even though I, I I really liked Three Billboards, I, I do think that Imbrugge is slightly better, um, but it's definitely uh, close up there with um, his limited filmography of only three movies. Um, but yes, Three Billboards.
1: It's a fantastic movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know I'm a big fan of it as well. And um, you mentioned that it's more dramatic than his other movies, but I would also say it's maybe even funnier. Uh, I mean, all he he just writes some of the the best dialogue that you'll ever hear in a movie. It's just he's like up there with like a Shane Black or a Tarantino
2: mm-hmm. in
1: just the way that every line is just an incredible kind of zinger, and uh, they just keep coming.
0: Yeah, and uh, you know, there especially the the one scene I, I go back to sometimes is the um, when the the priest comes over to the house. And she just lays him a new one and it's it's a really really great
2: you've, scene.
1: Yeah, there's no other there's no better scene of a priest getting dressed down uh very with some very violent language. Yeah. That's great. Um number three. Number three. Uh so my number three is uh, one that was you've mentioned already. It's uh Logan. Oh.
0: Um
1: yeah. Uh I love Logan. Logan is Uh, definitely the best X-Men movie, uh, 100%. There's nothing even coming close to competing with it. It was my favorite comic book movie of the year, and it's probably one of my favorite superhero movies ever. Uh, Hugh Jackman, Hugh Jackman's final chapter, and uh, he really kind of gives it his all. As much as I dislike the X-Men movies, and I'm not a huge fan of them, uh, (laughs) (laughs) Hugh Jackman is... uh, always good in this role uh but this time you know you can really feel him kind of pouring it all out and um it's just a it's a really uh great goodbye to the character and it's really emotional towards the end uh you feel sad about saying goodbye to this character Mm. um and it makes you want more logan movies which is you know I guess a good thing, but uh, it's the exact opposite of what the movie's setting out to do.
0: We'll get him, just not with him. <laughs> just not with him. Yeah. And,
1: you know, I, I uh, the the Laura, Laura character is really great, and she's one of the best new additions to the, you know this X-Men universe in terms of the movies. And um, she really holds her own with Jackman and uh, Patrick Stewart as Professor X. Uh, and like it's a great kind of three three person show
2: mm-hmm. uh
1: and then with a great supporting cast too um Stephen Merchant as Caliban is really funny and also a little tragic um you know it's a really de- it's kind of a really depressing movie uh but the action is really great it's really visceral it's really exciting uh the score isn't great but it's got a couple really great cues in it mhm um and, uh, yeah, I, I have watched that one a lot and, uh, since it came out and I, it just gets better and better.
0: Well, I know, I know how much you like the, uh, noir version. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, uh, I did finally watch the noir version and, uh, it, you know, it's, it's good. I, I'm kind of, uh, I think I'm not in love with the idea of releasing black and white versions. I think it's just kind of a little silly, uh, but uh, but it's good. I mean, it's just a great looking movie either way.
0: Well, I know uh, you were saying earlier how you're not a big fan of the X Men uh, franchise, and uh, even though they have made this is the third Wolverine solo movie, it's the first one that actually feels like it's a story revolving around him. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like in the first, like X Men Origins Wolverine, which is a terrible movie in the first place, but it kind of feels like it's him, but it's like. They just stuck all these people around him who are just doing their own thing, and you know it it to varying levels doesn't work. Um, and then the second one, the Wolverine, uh, it's it is technically his story, but it gets bogged down by all this dumbass samurai bullshit. Um, yeah, but uh, this one it, it feels like it's really his story um, compared to the other ones, and uh, you know he. He did a great job. I was especially pre- impressed because I thought, spoiler alert, that the X twenty four was um, uh, CG, um, at least in some way. Like maybe, maybe even a de aging kind of effect. But apparently, it is uh, completely legit. They uh, they just used a little yeah. bit of makeup, and he uh, that was him.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was him. Well, you know, he's where you know. There's one scene that it's very obviously CG because it's got the the old and the young in the same shot. But then the rest of the time, the X-24 is just Hugh Jackman sans makeup because he's got a lot of old age makeup on as the regular yeah. Logan. Um, and yeah. it's a great effect. Uh, they really pull it off really well. And, uh, you know, we never got... A- <laughs> Uh, I'm glad they stopped trying to style his hair like it was in the comics. <laughs>
0: you realize.
1: Because he look great like this with a normal haircut.
0: Yeah, and uh, part of me wonders if the reason why they were doing that is because uh, they were like, oh, well, his hair's got to fit into that old uh, 90s cartoon costume somehow. So yeah. we're just going to shape it like that. Um, but, uh, oh, shit, I had a point and I forgot what it was going to be. Oh, well.
1: Well, we never got that costume.
0: No, we didn't. Uh there was wasn't there a deleted scene in which one was it?
1: Uh it was uh, The Wolverine.
0: Yeah. Where um where he's like he given the
1: suit. Yeah. Yeah. But um Maybe uh maybe when Marvel starts making them we'll get the costume. I actually guarantee we'll probably get those costumes hmm. when Marvel makes the X Men movies.
0: Can't wait. Uh, <laughs> all right. Um Moving on, uh, number three, number three, my number three, uh, is get out the, uh, first movie from Jordan Peele. Um, the, the best horror movie of the year. Um, n- there's some jump scares in it, but they, it, it more so relies on just the tension in the movie and the un- unevenness of not knowing what's going on. And you kind of don't know what's going on until later on in the movie. Um, and I kind of don't even want to talk about too much of the plot of the movie just because, like, like for example, um, my my brother who hadn't seen the movie, he asked, he was asking me, like, what's Get Out? I, I've heard so much about this movie. Um, and I basically told him the plot, and I feel like I, I soiled the movie for him. <laughs> and now he, he doesn't really have to go see it. Um, so I'm not going to talk too much about the plot of the movie, but it is uh, it was very interesting going to see it as the... Uh, two white people in the theater. Um, <laughs> and uh, it it uh it was a, it was a great first outing from Jordan Peele, as I mentioned. Um, it especially works even better on repeat viewings. Uh, you you catch certain nuances and uh, some little things that uh, pop up that you didn't catch the first time, especially after you know what's going on. Um, the the premise is 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 pretty far out there, but it's no more ludicrous than say your random twilight zone episode um and yeah it's um it's 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 very impressive considering um you know the fact that it's it is it is his first movie and um you know we'll see how how it goes around oscar season uh hopefully he will get nominated for at least best picture but uh yeah definitely well deserved
1: yeah, it's an amazing movie, and uh, this was my number 11, and I felt really bad that I couldn't get in get it into the top 10 because uh, it really is just an incredible movie. Uh, and the fact that it's a horror movie and it's getting so much mainstream and award recognition is just one of the... Uh, it just feels great. And um, I think uh, Jordan Peele is like out of nowhere the most exciting uh name in horror and i just i can't wait to see what he does next because this movie is so good and like you said it it gets better and better every time you watch it because it's so detailed and it's so layered and uh like i feel like every time i watch it it reveals more about uh these characters and and what's going on and Mm -hmm. uh it's really impressive
0: yeah uh, number two, uh, number two
1: is, uh, uh, a, a surprising awards contender and, um, you know, the newest movie from one of my very, very favorite directors. It's, uh, Guillermo del Toro's The Shape of Water.
0: Fuck. That's what I had. Number two as well.
1: Perfect. Uh, it's, you know, it tells the story of, um, basically what if, uh, the creature of the black lagoon got the girl. <laughs> and the girl liked him, and um, it telling this odd uh, uh, romance between a a, a fish man and a.
0: Is it really that uh, odd though? Like it, to me, it's,
1: it, it's no. It it on its face, it seems like if you described yeah. this, it would have seem odd. But in the movie, it it feels so right, and it's so heartfelt. Um, and there's just surprise, a surprising depth of emotion. And, uh, you know, this movie is all about the characters and even the villain played by Michael Shannon, uh, to the hero played by Sally Hawkins, Richard Jenkins, um, even, uh, Octavia Spencer, they're all fleshed out, real, uh, people that you really care about. And then the, the asset as he's called in the movie, uh, played by Doug Jones, is uh one of the great movie monsters in that, you know, he looks amazing and but he's not a monster and he's just a really interesting, tragic character um who just happens to be, you know, basically the creature from the Black Lagoon.
0: Yeah, they don't really go into too much of his backstory. Uh all you know is that they found him um uh somewhere in South America. I don't remember exactly where um,
1: yeah I think they just said in the Amazon
0: yeah and uh, he has some kind of powers that you don't fully know until the end exactly what he can do um, and uh, yeah it's it's super interesting uh, all the all the acting is great in the movie um, uh, especially Richard Jenkins who um, in any other year it would be his year for the award but unfortunately there are some other heavy hitters uh, this year and um, and uh, I went in thinking that Michael Shannon was going to be too over the top because in the trailers, he seemed that way a little bit. Um, but no, he um, other than that one scene when he comes home during the day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, other than that, he's pretty much uh, even keel throughout most of the movie. Um, there's even a great gag where uh, he is. Uh, they showed him in the trailer he he gets attacked by the creature and uh loses two fingers they said uh, the he has surgery to put put them back on and they're throughout the whole movie just deteriorating over time and you know that he, these fingers are not staying put um and at one point he it's a great great gag where he's just like squeezing the pus out of it it's it's it's, it's a little gross out but it's a nice little uh nice little running gag throughout the the entire movie um, oh yeah
1: it's a it's it's great and it's just um it's just such a great little quirky thing that it doesn't serve any purpose. Uh, I mean it kind of does at the when he you know at the, the last scene involving the fingers but but it's just like a one of those great idiosyncratic things that Guillermo del Toro put in there like putting in a musical sequence or um, which a lot
0: of people don't like. <laughs> uh, I
1: gotta say that was one of the best scenes in the movie.
0: I have I had no problem with it. Uh, but I, I heard a lot of people who were just like, what the fuck was that?
1: (laughs) Well, you know, the movie, uh, is kind of a love letter to cinema in some ways. Mm -hmm. It's Guillermo del Toro's love letter to the movies he loved growing up. Like, you know, those universal horror movies, but then, uh, the Sally Hawkins character, the main character and Richard Jenkins are both movie fanatics. And that's, you know, uh, played up pretty heavily in the movie it 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 feels very organic to the character and the way that scene plays out it it's it's great and it's like a lovely moment in the movie
0: and they live over top of a movie theater yeah exactly
1: it's all it's all right there and you know i it's kind of i get why uh, it might freak some people out because it's uh you know, it, it's a surrealistic move, surrealistic, um, kind of moment. But, uh, it's also not like they, the, it's not like space balls where, you know, he's like putting on a top hat and singing a song. It's this like little dream sequence thing. You know, this is a, it's a fantasy and, yeah. uh, it, it's in keeping with the character to have that kind of fantasy. Um, and the, you know, it, it just helps that love story uh, make sense, and it works on a visual
2: uh,
1: spectrum because it ha- it has to because there's basically no dialogue between the two people in love in the movie.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and you know it's it's a it's a it's a nice little break in between. Not that not that there's anything wrong with them not being able to really verbally speak to each other, but it's it's you know it's it's a nice little get away from uh from the rest of of the movie um but yeah as you mentioned all the creature effects look great the only it was all practical except for a a little bit of the face um Mm -hmm. and uh there's a great gag with a cat in the movie which uh, (laughs) someone who is definitely allergic to cats i appreciated
1: i loved it too
0: um and uh yeah it just all around it's a really uh really great movie and um a satisfying ending as well
1: yeah great ending you know I just it's kind of a perfect little movie and I don't know if it's I don't know if it's my favorite Guillermo del Toro movie but I'm glad uh, I'm glad this Um, he's getting recognized for it
0: it's for me it's definitely up there if not already up Uh, it's 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 close it's 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 a it's, it's a very strong contender to be his best
1: yeah, and it's no knock against the movie. It's just I have a really hard time because I, I kind of just love all of his movies. So I don't. It's hard to pick, especially between this and, you know, like his Spanish language films. They're all so good.
0: Um, I think it's, it's pra- great. It's probably definitely his best English-speaking movie.
1: That uh, yes, hundred percent. I agree with. Um, and I'm glad that it. You know, I'm glad he's winning awards and. I it's think he's yeah. Calendar.
0: I I think he has a chance. I think uh, I think it's a very good chance. Um, you know, I feel bad for him about what happened at the Golden Globes, but uh, you know, I I it's definitely well deserved. This is one of those few years where there there's not a clear best picture winner and there's not a clear best director winner because usually those two it, it, they kind of go hand in hand in most years. Mm-hmm. Not recently, but like more than often it's like you know who the best director in the best picture is because either they're the same or you have a clear favorite and this year there's no real clear favorite for either and to me it's like depending on the nominations we'll see but depending on the nominations uh I think Guillermo has stands a really good chance and you know after a long uh career I think it's time that he gets one
1: yeah I think he's due and I mean the best thing is that I think he has a like you said he has got a a realistic shot at winning and it's not like uh it's not like a pity award no, like, no he deserves it for this movie because this movie is that good
0: no the only thing is it better not fucking win cinematography because i saw a lot <laughs> you think
1: of, <laughs> you think this is Deacon's year, but I don't know
0: it better fucking be Because i I saw a lot of uh, um, different uh, section of critic choice awards that were going with Shape of Water for cinematography, and I'm like, it looked good, but it's all green. Let's calm ourselves down here. It's not, it's not anything revolutionary. <laughs> Come on.
1: Um. Well, you know, with cinematography is so so weird because sometimes they go with a really low key looking movie, and then the other times they go with a movie that's all CGI, like Gravity or Avatar or, uh, or, or uh, Life
0: of Five. yeah exactly
1: so I you know it, it's a weird category and the only constant is that uh, Deacons never wins <laughs> unfortunately
0: did uh, did Avatar actually win that year
1: yeah it did I remember because I thought it was a really dumb I think it was the same year that like the oh. Dark Knight came out maybe or maybe it was the year
0: after no it wasn't the, it wasn't that year um, but no you're right it, it did holy shit what was it up against? Um, it was up. Ag- oh, geez. It was up against uh, *Inglorious Bastards, um, The Hurt Locker, uh, Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince and The White Ribbon. Hmm.
1: Yeah, I got to say, I don't think it <laughs> it deserved that
0: win. No, but it probably helped that it was a weak year for cinematography, I guess, depending on the yeah. nominations. I don't know. What was Deacons yeah. doing that year? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Doesn't matter. He wasn't going to win anyway.
0: Oh, son of a bitch! Um, all right. Well, we. Uh, okay. I think it's time. We're, uh, We're ready. Number for one. Number one. Which right. I'm. Well, I'm, my... I'm trying to go through all the movies that we've talked about, and I think I know what it is, but I'm not a hundred percent sure.
1: Uh, yeah, my number one is, uh, you You already mentioned it, it's uh, Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Um, uh, there's not much to say besides what you said. Uh, I just think it's really uh, an incredible movie and just very, very watchable. Um, I think uh, McDonough does a particularly impressive job creating uh, characters with a lot of depth and a lot of uh, shades of gray. You know, this movie, there aren't really any good guys. Everyone's, you know, different shades of bad.
0: Um, I think Peter Dinklage is kind of a good guy.
1: Okay. Uh, yeah, no, uh, 100%. Dinklage is a good guy. Um, uh, and he gets not much out of it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> um, but it's, uh, you know, it, it's become a, a kind of a controversial movie, unfortunately.
0: I, because, I, don't, get, uh, well, I don't get it
1: it doesn't really make any sense uh, i think some people think that uh because the movie has characters that are bad that you know racist characters and it doesn't condemn them to to rotten hell or something because it you know it chooses to humanize characters uh, like sam rockwell's character uh they think that this movie endorses racism or something uh but it doesn't it's just a, a movie about some really um damaged people with some uh going through a lot of hard things and
0: and uh yeah and let's not act like sam rockwell's character wasn't um punished in like let's say in in some way like he he was put through some shit you know
1: yeah no it's not like uh no exactly you know uh all the things a lot of things happen to him and they're uh he suffers consequences for the things that he does. Uh, And, you know, the movie doesn't pass judgment one way or the other. It doesn't say that these consequences are just or unjust, that what he did is right or wrong. It's all just there. And, um, it just makes him a more interesting character.
0: Yeah. Um, another one, I think that, uh, he, he stands a very good chance to to win uh an Oscar this year it's it's really just a tight race between him and Willem Dafoe um Mm -hmm. and uh Francis McDormand I think also stands a very good chance of winning as well I don't I don't know I don't like their odds for the main ones but as far as like the acting uh, categories go I think that they're definitely um favorites if not heavily favored
1: yeah no i agree um i think uh I think the both of them have great shots. I think they're probably the front run front runners for those categories. I would also say that Mcdonough's script is a uh, a pretty uh big candidate for um original yeah, screenplay
0: which um i think original screenplays kind of uh is kind of crowded this year uh last i checked um so i know
1: it, it'll have get out um, but I'm not sure what else what are the big ones in there. Um,
0: that could definitely be in there. Let me check 'cause uh duh, 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 duh. actually uh let me let me check what my prediction said. <laughs> <laughs> that might give me some some uh some idea. Let's see. Um duh, 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 duh. yeah, uh you could have uh you could uh, Ladybird will probably be in there.
1: Oh uh, yeah, absolutely.
0: Um they might put Big Sick in there. Um
1: I kind of feel like the big six uh, heat has died down considerably.
0: Yeah, it seems that way. Um, also, uh, I could see the post getting in there. Uh, yeah. So yeah, so there's just, there's definitely some uh, some strong uh, some strong choices for original screenplay, and then yeah, you look it's at, a tough tough crowd. And then you look at a to screenplay, and it's just like nothing. Like Not <laughs> you okay. you have called me by your name. And disaster artist, and other than that, it's just like, ooh, what what else is there?
1: Yeah, Logan might even get nominated because there's so few uh, choices. Ooh,
0: I, I mean, I would love it, but I am not expecting that. <laughs> yeah, well, it's
1: it's been nominated um, in some like I think the Writers Guild nominated.
0: Yeah, but remember last year when Deadpool got all those uh, nominations and even I got do. The, the PGA nomination.
1: I was uh I was I was pretty confident it was going to get the Oscar nomination yeah. but uh
0: So was I. I was wrong. Yeah. Um but yeah, any uh any any more about uh three billboards before we
1: uh, No, you know, you just you're you're not going to find for a movie that's actually a drama and uh, a kind of a brutal drama, you're not going to find a funnier movie from 2017 uh which is just crazy. Martin Madonna is a, a, a wizard, and uh, I wish he made more movies. But I'm glad the ones he's, he has made are as good as they are.
0: Yeah. Uh, it's, I mean, if we're talking strictly the funniest movies of the year, um, I mean, it is very dramatic at points in Three Billboards. I still think that maybe Itanya might be the funniest uh, movie that I saw this year. Uh, but and, and then you could also say Disaster Artist for other reasons. Mm -hmm. um but those are the two that i would go to um but definitely three bold boards has a lot of a lot of good funny moments in it um all right i guess it's time we gotta do this uh
1: yeah what is it sean what's the number one
0: (laughs) uh number one uh on my list is uh blade runner 2049 (laughs) the movie that i saw in theaters five times uh wow the movie that I just watched on uh, on Tuesday night for the sixth time, and uh, clearly my favorite movie of the year. <laughs> um, oh, There's there's so much that you can go through with this movie. Uh, I mean, we can start with uh, Deacon's, his, one of his best works, um, cinematography-wise. Uh, the movie looks amazing, uh, brilliantly directed by Denis Villeneuve, and uh, great performances, Ryan Gosling is, is great as always, gives another g- good stellar performance. Harrison Ford, surprisingly, uh, shows up. <laughs> and actually, He does.
1: He's quite good he, in the movie. He
0: gives a performance, which is something you don't get from him very often. Um, also, uh, oddly enough, one of the better villains of the year. Um, I can't remember the name of the actress, but she plays the character Love um who is uh, Wallace's uh, second in command and she is a very well-written and uh and pr- pretty uh pretty uh devious villain in the movie um m- my only gripe with the cast is and it's not his fault <laughs> because um you know circumstances prohibiting he he wasn't originally supposed to play the role but jared leto as neander wallace is he's fine there are certain moments where it's a little much of what he's doing um and then once i found out that the original choice to play that role was david bowie my heart sank because
1: oh wow i didn't know that
0: yeah it that literally was a perfect role for david bowie and unfortunately he he died um well before they started production but uh, and when they were in pre-production that was a name that uh apparently uh denny wanted and i don't want to say unfortunately they settled with jared leto but <laughs> they kind of did um, well
1: you know i don't think we have to pretend that jared leto is a great actor he's been good in some, some stuff he's, but.
0: he's very limited but when he, even at his best he's fine like yeah. you're never just going to be like, Oh, that was an amazing performance by Jared Leto. Like it's just fine. Um, and that's kind of, and he's not in the movie a ton, which is good because I feel like that character would have become grading based on what he was doing with it. Um, the, uh, the CGI in the movie, really great. Uh, obviously there's a lot of practical stuff in it too, but, um, really great work. Um, cgi wise especially the one effect which i won't say what it is but it's a de-aging effect on someone and it's probably the best de-aging effect that there has been which is not hard considering the bars at Gramoff tarkin um and geez. I would say
1: that Marvel's got better stuff than Grandma of Tarkin.
0: Uh, but everyone goes to Tarkin, and it, that was a terrible well, That's attack. like one of the
1: worst, not the best.
0: Yeah, but, but that's like the, that's what people compare to. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. like the prototypical one. I think yeah, but
1: Blade Runner does it well.
0: I think up until now, the best one was um, Michael Douglas from Ant Man.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: Um, but uh, now I—I I would I,
1: say Kurt Russell and Guardians is actually it, pretty good too.
0: But it wasn't CG. Uh, f- apparently, according to James Gunn, they used makeup.
1: I find that incredibly <laughs> hard to believe.
0: Look, I'm just telling you what he said.
1: <laughs> I okay, I believe you, but I don't believe him.
0: All right. Um. But yeah, no, he. Uh, that's what he said. So we'll. I'll take his word for it, I guess. But um. Yeah, what else can I uh, can I really talk about? Unless you just want to dig in, and because uh, we haven't had this uh, conversation, I've been uh, dreading this. Um.
1: Yeah. So uh, as you know, I, I didn't like Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Um, I I'm not really interested in uh, in trying to trash it or anything. I only saw it once, uh, so I'm not really equipped to argue it with you. Um,
0: no one. I is, will... really <laughs>
1: Uh, I mean it's a it's a really beautifully shot film um, it's got a great cast um, it's made by a great filmmaker uh, I love Villeneuve um, he's uh, it's not my favorite of his movies uh, obviously but um I mean I, I get I get why people like it um, I have my own reservations about um, just the story and uh, I don't think the script is as good as everything as the technical um, aspects of it are. I, and I think that the actors are great, but they don't always have the best material.
0: I think, I think the screenplay is pretty strong minus the, the Wallace parts, some of the Wallace parts. Um, his scene with Harrison Ford is really, really well done. But, uh, um, I I think it's 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 a really it's it's a it's odd to say but it's it's a very human story about (laughs) non-humans like the only person that we know in the movie who is an actual human for sure is um, Robin Wright's character and uh, everyone else is either some sort of replicant or uh, actually no Wallace is human now that I think about it but he's got like non-human tendencies Um
1: He's a very robotic human.
0: Yeah, um, even more
1: so than the replicants. Oh,
0: absolutely, without a doubt. Um, and I, I love the fact that they didn't answer the question to the original Blade Runner. In fact, they they uh, introduced uh, a few more questions, um, but none of them are like, you know, like things that are. It's it's not as grading as like whether or not Decker's a replicant, which really, in the grand scheme of things, doesn't matter. Um. And um, it's for me, it's actually I would say it's better than the original Blade Runner. But and I know that you don't like the original Blade Runner. And I think the, the original Blade Runner is very flawed. It looks great. It's a for, technologically for the time. It's amazing. The story is just meh. And uh, I know a lot of people put the original Blade Runner on a high pedestal. But if you go back and watch it again, it doesn't exactly hold up as well as you think. Um the original
1: Blade Runner is one of the hardest movies to watch. It is gorgeous, but uh, for like a, a not that long movie, it's uh it's very deliberately paced.
0: Well, also people don't want to admit it, but it was ruin- it's 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 ruined in editing. Like yeah. The what they took from um for the uh I guess what is it the final cut and the director's cut are the remnants of the original theatrical cut, which had the voiceover. But they didn't change much. So there's like portions where you know that there's supposed to be voiceover, but then nothing's happening. So it's really awkward. Um, but everyone's just like, oh, the final cut makes it so much better because they, they trim so much out, they take out the voiceover. Well, there's still a lot of the blueprints in there that uh, that they I guess they were forced to leave because they didn't have as much stuff shot because they went over budget. So, um, but yeah, no, it's, uh, I don't know what else to say about it. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know,
1: it's a, it's the movie from last year that I most want to revisit and, uh, you know, I had very high expectations going in. I was really, really excited and, um, you know, I didn't want to dislike it. I just, I had a very visceral dislike for that movie uh, immediately all throughout. And then as soon as I walked out, it, it just kept getting worse and worse. Uh, but I, I, I'm looking forward to giving, giving it another shot
2: well,
0: I,
1: and, uh, I'm, seeing it through fresh eyes.
0: I'm curious, like when you were watching it, um, in theaters, like what was the first thing that kind of, uh, tipped you off into, uh, that mindset? So,
1: you know, it, it's hard, uh, cause it, it has been a while. Um, but, uh, you know, I kind (laughs) of, I kind of felt like every choice was wrong in the movie. Uh, not every choice, that's an exaggeration. I, as beautiful as the movie looked, um, and it did look beautiful and there's a lot of amazing compositions and, uh, you know, Deacon's is is the best there is. And I think you'd probably agree with that. Mm -hmm. Um, but it, it almost felt, too perfect and too designed and visually for me, for some reason it just crossed over into this realm where I, uh, I, I stopped being enthralled and I was just kind of bored by the visuals. Uh, and that, you know, that's, that's the visual component. Uh, but then the storyline and, um, I like, I really like film noir, especially like old film noir. Um, And uh, you know, a big hallmark of uh, film noir is that uh, the you know the the plot isn't what you what it seems, and you know things that are set up might not pay off. But um, I think that this movie, the the storyline, the way it sets up and pays things off, and that it pays off things that aren't set up properly, and it doesn't pay off things that are set up. um, There's I just thought that the storytelling was really kind of shoddy and out of whack. And there was just a lot of fat. I don't think the movie needed to be as long as it was. And I think the movie honestly would have been a lot better if they just did another draft of the script.
0: I I'm think not exactly sure what they could have after seeing it so many times, I'm not sure exactly what they could have cut out. Like a lot of people have said maybe the, um, the, the three way scene, but, uh, that's kind of important in a way, um, with the the
1: prostitute and the yeah, hologram. Yeah. No,
0: don't get rid of that. I mean, that's an, a really great
1: scene. You know it.
2: And it I was don't done practically too. Out.
1: That's really impressive because it's uh, it's quite a quite an effect, um, and uh, it. I, I like the uh, I I think um, Ryan Gosling's character K. Right, that's his name. Yeah. Um, He's interesting as far as replicants go, but um, I think the emotional journey he's on is uh, nothing we haven't seen before. And as much as I liked his you know, uh, computer chip girlfriend, uh, <laughs> you know, her getting, her the, her the the thing getting smashed and whatever is like, I feel like a trope that we've seen over and over and over again.
0: Yeah, but then afterwards he realizes that everything that he has known has been, false like he 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 comes to realize that oh this was exactly what it was on paper and that's just a fake um love experience between him and 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 the uh the the joy character um and he and he realizes it and then uh, the, the one thing that kind of bothers me is the constant flashbacks to either batista or um I can't even, I can't remember the name. They, they, I don't even know if they say the character's name, but the, the woman who's in lead of the the rebellion people. Yeah. Um, and they keep, I think that
1: is a pointless storyline, the rebellion that doesn't...
0: Well, they kind of need anywhere. that because... It's funny because it, that storyline kind of uh, mirrors the uh, Wallace and uh, Love storyline because they're kind of both looking for the same thing but for different reasons. And, um, without them, it's kind of like there is no Rachel story and she's as weird as it is. She's kind of like essential to the plot of the movie. Um, because without her, it's, it's almost like a domino effect without her, you don't get Deckard and blah, blah, blah. Um, but that was my only like really gripe is that there was at some points where they were kind of just trying to hit you over the head with certain uh, thematic elements like you know Batista. It's not
1: a subtle movie.
0: Uh there's subtle I think it's
1: trying to be very subtle. There's subtle
0: yeah. moments, like especially at the end when uh, spoiler, when he's um outside in the snow and he's he's slowly dying and he's um realizing that he is more human than most humans. Um and uh you know I, I know a lot of people were upset that the end you don't get like a a real, um, not a payoff, but you don't get like a real moment between Harrison Ford and and uh, his his child. Um, but you know, I, I I I don't mind the ending. I think it uh, I think it's more powerful that way as opposed to just a long drawn out dialogue scene between the two of them being like, "Hey, how you been? <laughs> I haven't seen you in a while or ever." Um, I mean, I
1: I think it 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 ends. Like I think that ending would work if I cared more about the search for the child and
0: that's true. I, I will it say just didn't yeah while um while watching it the first time, I wasn't really enthralled with that storyline just because I'm like, this is kind of generic and I kind of see where it's going. but once they kind of um do the 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 twist um, that it's it's not actually him. I kind of I, I came back on board I, I not not that it wasn't like super original or anything, but um the worst thing to, at least for me one of the worst things that a movie can do is I'm two steps ahead of it, and I feel like at certain points I was but then i uh towards the latter i would say the second half of the movie uh the movie started catching up again um, so yeah,
1: no, I had that problem too. Um, but again, I mean, I, I need to, I need to watch it again. You know, I wanted to watch it again when it was in theaters, uh, because, you know, I did feel like, um, uh, I feel like there was more to it than what I was giving it credit for. Um, and I really respect that you loved it so much. And I know a lot of people did. Um, even though it didn't do very well, and I don't think a lot of people saw
0: it. No, uh, no. In fact, but it, 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 its uh, fans are very passionate, like yourself. I mean, I'll I'll, I'll say this: when um, I guess it would have been the f- <laughs> the fourth time I saw it, uh, was really late in its release. Like it was one of the, it's. It only had like one showtime throughout the day, and uh, I was expecting no one to be there. And uh, word of mouth, I guess, was at least somewhat strong and the theater was uh half if not three quarters of the way full which was very surprising it was like the middle of the week too um and uh you know it it goes to show and i feel like that's kind of a thing that uh denise movies have like Arrival, where the word of mouth got stronger as the longer it was out and even though uh this one didn't make as a lot of money uh i i feel like people were um still going even as late into its run. Um, but they weren't there. It just wasn't enough. That's, 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 yeah. yeah. Um,
1: I think, uh, I think they might have banked on it having more name value than it does because Blade Runner is, is a movie that people have heard of, but you know what? I bet the amount of people (laughs) that have watched and really enjoyed that movie is, is smaller. Um, Uh, i don't I don't know where I fall on it, this movie uh, versus the original. I don't love the original, but i do I do respect it, and there are things that I like about it.
0: Um, I think that the this one improves on all the negative things about the first one. Um,
1: I will say that uh, i w- I am always bored when watching the original, even though i I overall think it's pretty good. I think it's boring. I don't think that the new one is boring. So that's, that's big,
0: <laughs> I guess. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Um, all right. Well, uh, I guess that, that wraps up, uh, our top 10 lists for, uh, 2017. Uh, before we get out of here, uh, real quick, um, 2018 is here. We're in it now. Uh, and we've already had a few movies come out in 2018 so far, but, um, I was mostly curious, uh, and, and you know uh, we can uh, spew out some, uh, some titles, but uh, some movies that we're looking forward to in uh, 2018, uh, anything that uh, doesn't include the Han Solo movie, because we both know that's going to be the best movie of, of next year. So when we come back <laughs> next year, uh, that will be the number, I'm, I'm banking on it being number one for both of us.
1: I, I, I feel pretty confident about that myself.
0: Yeah, I mean, come I,
1: on. It's especially promising that it comes out in four months and uh, we haven't seen a single still or trailer or but poster. think about it. It's
0: brilliant because we always complain about how they show us too much of the movie. And this time, they're not showing us anything.
1: Yeah, it's very promising.
0: Yeah. Uh, <laughs>
1: yeah. No, uh, uh, surprisingly, Han Solo is not one of the top movies that I'm looking forward to next year. Although... Or this year, rather. Though I I am excited to see what it ends up being. Um, But uh, one movie that I am actually excited for is... um, Lynn Ramsey's You Were Never Really Here. Starring uh, Joaquin Phoenix.
0: Oh, yeah. I heard about this.
1: Yeah. So I think um, uh, this movie won uh, best... It won some awards at Cannes. the trailer is really amazing. Lynne Ramsey is an interesting director. Um, did you see? Uh, we needed to talk about Kevin.
0: Oh boy, did I! <laughs> did
1: you did, did you not like that? That's
0: not that I didn't like it. It's just a hard watch.
1: It's very hard watch, and I expect this one to be a pretty hard watch too. It looks pretty intense and violent. Um, and uh, that's I mean that's what I, I I like about her. And what I'm expecting from this is like some just some really ballsy. Uh, dark storytelling. Um, This one is written by, uh, or is uh, adapted from a Jonathan Ames um, novel. I don't know if you watched like Bored to Death or uh, Blunt Talk, his TV shows.
0: Um, Not Blunt Talk. I have seen some episodes of of, uh, Bored to Death. So, I mean, I don't,
1: that's interesting because he's typically more of a comedy guy. Yeah.
2: Um,
1: So it'll be interesting to see this uh, darker uh, take on, on that kind of uh, writing. So I'm really excited for that movie. And Joaquin Phoenix is, I think, probably my... I think he's the best actor there is right now. Um, I go, tr- go back and forth between him and Daniel Day and uh, Tom Hardy, but Joaquin is always worth uh, watching.
0: Um, one of the movies that I'm looking forward to, uh, which is interesting because it's um, a sequel um and that's uh I'm, I'm super super curious how sicario 2 turns out um the first one is uh just a, a great great very down and dirty and gritty movie um and this one uh even though uh denny's not back for this one it still has Ta- taylor sheridan to write and uh, i'm not exactly sure who's directing but um but I am super curious what they do, because even though it says uh, that it's part of the Sicario saga, that's all in all <laughs> the trailers. After seeing the first one, I'm like, I could see where they would keep going, but I don't know if they really should. Um, and I'm I'm really interested to see what they do here.
1: Yeah, uh, me too. Uh, I, I thought the trailer was really cool. Uh, I think Taylor Sheridan is one of the more exciting uh, screenwriters that we've got right now. and um,
0: I kind of while- wish uh, he would have directed it. I know he was busy with um, Wind River, but I kind of mm-hmm. wish that he would have directed this one because I feel like he needs more experience. Like The direction in Wind River was just okay. Um, yeah. But I feel like he could potentially be one of the, the better writer-director combos that we have.
1: Yeah, absolutely. He's got, I mean, he's got the writing chops, and uh, Wind River is a little basic, but um, in terms of the direction, but it's still really good. I mean, it's as good, you know, it's not quite as good as Sicario and uh, Hell or High Water, but you know, with another movie or two under his belt, I'm sure that the movies he directs would be as good as those. Um, but Sicario 2, I don't, uh, looks great. I don't know, I don't know the director's other work. Um, but it, it looks the trailer is cool, and um, uh, while I agree that Sicario didn't really call out as a movie needing a sequel, I do like the idea of a kind of spin-off sequel following Josh Brolin and um, uh, Benicio del Toro as these kind of dirty, violent uh, operatives, uh, and. Mm-hmm you know i could watch i'll 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 watch another movie with those guys cuz they're both great and uh, a couple of fascinating characters in that movie
0: i'm looking up the uh, the director for for this one and he seems to have done a lot of tv he he has two movies on here um two features that i've never heard of they look like they might be french movies i'm not sure but uh he apparently did a lot of episodes of the gamora tv show hmm. um but that's, that's the only notable thing that I can find on here.
1: Well, uh, maybe this will be the first uh, first movie we see of an exciting new town. Mm. I hope so. I mean, those are big shoes to fill. Yeah, uh, I know. Denny is uh, one of the better directors out there right now.
0: They're also banking on it being in the summer, which is a weird move to me. Because even though the first one was in the summer, I think it was like in August where there's like no competition. Um, yeah. I don't know. We'll see. But uh we'll an- see. another um title that I'm interested in for this year. It actually it's not too far away. Um uh, annihilation the um, oh yeah. the the new Alex Garland movie. Um it looks weird. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh you know, you have Natalie Portman walking around, there's some creatures, there's a big ass alligator. Um and uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know what the hell's going on with it. But uh, when you have uh, Alex Garland in sci-fi, it's usually a good combination.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, he's a, he's a great writer, and uh, Ex Machina was really uh, kind of blew me away. Uh, and so he's just as strong of a director, and uh, this movie looks awesome. Uh, I hear the book is just as weird as the movie seems to be and uh i'm i kind of wish i could read the book beforehand i probably won't get to um but yeah it looks awesome and I, I can't wait for that one either
0: yeah and clearly it's another scenario where poe overstepped his boundaries just saying
1: yeah you know this guy needs to you know someone needs to put him in check
0: <laughs> yeah it's going to be padme um uh another title uh that i'm i'm very curious in I don't know if it's going to be any any good but having Shane Black attached to it makes me a little more hopeful and that's the the next uh, Predator movie. Which... I'm really glad
1: you said this because <laughs> I that would be the next one that I would say.
0: Okay, yeah, it's uh I guess they're still they're, are they still calling it The Predator?
1: Yeah, that's I think that's seems to be the official title.
0: I don't really know much about the movie. They haven't really said much. Um and apparently I think it was may me- was it the the original release date was in 2017 originally? Um You then, know,
1: I'm not, I'm not exactly
2: sure.
0: I think it got pushed or something. Uh but now it's it's in the summer of uh 2018. Um I don't know. Like to me the Predator franchise is is if they can't get this one right, then it's probably a dead series. Um But it's definitely one that could be invigorated. I'm just very curious what ends up happening if the Fox deal does go through. Because even though it wouldn't be until 2019, uh, the Predator, I don't know if it's one of the series that Disney wants to keep going.
1: Yeah. Uh, I mean, Predator, Predator is a great monster. And there's been one great Predator movie. And two not great Predator movies.
0: Now come on, there's parts of Predator Two that are really good.
1: <laughs> I, lo- I, you know, I love Predator Two, and I even really like Predators. Oh,
0: Yeah, Predators uh, is good too. Yeah,
1: but they're they're they don't compare to the original.
0: Well, no, uh, of but, course not.
1: No, but uh, I mean, uh, Shane Black is my favorite screenwriter. Uh, as like a person who also writes screenplays, he's. 100 percent the biggest influence on on how i write and just uh, what i like to see in scripts and uh so i'm always excited for anything he's working on and uh in addition to being a great writer he's a really great director i think all three of his movies that he directed are just so good and they they get better and better and he showed with Iron Man 3 that he can do a huge mega-budget movie and make it really awesome and still feel like a Shane Black movie. So I look forward to seeing what he does with uh, a bunch of commandos facing off against the Predator.
0: Now, let me ask you this. We'll, we'll take predictions now. How do you think he will work in Christmas?
1: Uh, I think uh, if he knows what's good for him, it takes place at Christmas, with snow on the ground and everything.
0: I don't think he's going to go that far. Um, no. I'm going to predict one of the characters listens to Christmas music.
1: Oh, that's, uh, that's an interesting guess.
0: That's going to be my it's,
1: guess. It's going to fit in there somehow.
0: Oh, it's it's going uh, to be in there. That's what, Of course yeah. it will. But Well, you know,
1: he, he has seemed to be, he's like been dialing back the christmas Eve stuff. So, uh, but
0: he ended his last movie on Christmas, (laughs) yeah. He
1: ends it on Christmas, but that's literally one scene in the movie. And, um, Iron Man 3 technically takes place around Christmas, but I think it's one of the least yule tidy movies he's ever made. Um, and like the back in the 80s and 90s, they were all like very explicitly Christmas movies, Mm. so. Yeah, it'll be. I don't think it'll be. It might not be too over, but I would like to see a winter Predator movie.
0: I, I w- I'd be down for that too. Um, I just don't feel like that's in the direction they're going. Um,
1: no, I don't actually. Don't think it is either, because there hasn't been any snow or Christmassy stuff in the any of the um, like uh, set picks I've seen.
0: the The little uh, we've seen.
1: <laughs> yeah, the very little we've seen. It's a very mysterious project.
0: Yeah. Um, just like the well, Han Solo uh, movie.
1: Yeah. Hopefully um, not as troubled.
0: Yeah, hopefully. Uh do you have any more any more titles that you're looking forward to for 2018?
1: Um uh you know there are a lot of really exciting superhero movies coming out in <laughs> this year and I'm excited for all of them.
0: G-Pop.
1: Yeah. You know uh Avengers, uh, Black Panther, um uh, Deadpool 2. Mm-hmm. There's lots of stuff to look forward to.
0: Dark Phoenix. Uh,
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not so much that one. Um, Ant-Man 2 will be fine, I'm sure. Oh, oh you yeah. know, what one? What I'm actually looking forward to that's not a superhero movie, uh, it, but is a franchise movie, is the new Halloween.
0: Oh, yeah, they just started shooting that this week. Yeah. Yeah. That's
1: uh, it's interesting, you know, written by Dana McBride and David Gordon Green, directed by David Gordon Green. Seems to be a sequel to just the first movie. So this is like the third or fourth or fifth reboot in the series, uh, which is, you know, I'm OK with that because eh. I don't I don't know that any of the sequels are strong enough that I care if they're in N- canon.
0: No, but it, and then I'm not going to get into it. Now, but it it goes into a a whole other thing of basically the studio wasting our time with the the other thirty some years that they've been making sequels. Um,
1: but I don't like. It's not like this uh, says that you can't watch those movies anymore. It's just saying that we want to tell a different story.
0: Yeah, but they're not canon, so why would you watch them?
1: Because they're fun. I mean, I just watched Halloween four the the other night, and that movie's still fun. Even if it was rewritten by H2O and then rewritten again by this movie,
0: could you imagine someone who's never seen any of the Halloween movies and that, like right now they just decide to start picking up the Halloween series? Could you imagine how they would feel?
1: Oh yeah, you need a little background before you get into Halloween because by the when you get to three, you're already like thrown for a loop, and then you're thrown for another loop on seven, and then the the remakes come in. It's a little messy.
0: But at least with three, it's like they don't have. I don't think any of the characters show up in three, and then yeah. uh, and then you come around to four, and all of a sudden Doctor Loomis is around, and it's just like what?
1: <laughs> yeah, but it, like imagine watching these movies cold, not even knowing the whole thing about them yeah. making them an anthology series.
0: Honestly, but I don't. You know, I, I don't think. Uh, I don't think that this current person would make him, Make it through because some of them don't hold yeah. up anymore.
1: <laughs> no, it's true. Uh, it's. I think uh, not the strongest slasher series. Um, no, but but uh, I I don't think the continuity is any worse than say the Texas Chainsaw Massacre movies.
0: Um,
1: and that's another series that likes to make selective sequels.
0: In a way, yeah, but there's also less of them. So yeah, but they're getting know. there.
1: I mean, they've made a few by now.
0: Too many. Well, I also don't consider Leatherface to be a real movie, so I <laughs> it doesn't count. Does that that one doesn't count? That's not real. It's fake. It's fake news. Um, <laughs> but theoretically, it's like yeah, three doesn't really, three doesn't really relate to any of them, and then four is kind of like on, on its own thing, but not in the way that two is. Um, so I don't know. I, I that's it, it. Gets tough because it's like Halloween tries to to. Um, they try to, to, to have a continuity, but then they keep changing it. Kind of like yeah. the, the DC thing, where it's like they have it, they have their continuity, but it keeps altering over however many movies. The uh, Texas Chainsaw series, they just keep doing different new... I want not say new. They keep doing different stories, but it's all like kind of the same movie. <laughs> Except yeah. for the second one, but they're all kind of the same.
1: It's true. They they just keep remaking it over and over again.
0: Um. But yeah. Uh. That's uh. That's that's all the titles that I had. So I don't know if you had any more. Uh.
1: No. I mean, you know, there's lots to look forward to. I I think it. Hopefully, it'll be another good year. Um. And but you know, like with uh this, like with last year, I should say, uh, the best movies didn't really rear their heads till the second half of the year. Or so. I'm sure we don't even know about the best stuff to come.
0: Yeah, and uh, I, I'm predicting another bad summer this year. Uh, this This past year was a, a bad summer, not just uh, financially, but also the quality of films that were coming out for the quote-unquote summer blockbuster season weren't all that great, um, for the most part. There were some gems in there, uh, even some small indie stuff, but for the the most part, it wasn't very good. Um, and I'm predicting more of the same, too, this year. Uh, we we have a a terrible Star Wars movie, a terrible Jurassic Park movie, and uh, I'm sure there's more in there that is just gonna crowd out the summer, and it's gonna be terrible.
1: Yeah. Uh, we'll see. Hopefully, hopefully there's some gems to be found, but doesn't nothing too promising.
0: What's a twenty four releasing? That's what we need to know.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. That's all that matters.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, uh, wrapping up here, uh, let's do our plugs real quick. You can follow me on Twitter at the underscore Brack show. Um, Eric, why don't you give your, uh, Twitter so people can tweet it and tell you why you're wrong about Blade Runner?
1: Uh, yeah, please do. I, you can follow me, uh, on Twitter at, uh, at Eric Wacker. Um, yeah. And, uh, come at me. <laughs>
0: Um, all right. Well, that does it for, uh, for this special episode. We'll be back, uh, next week with a brand new, uh, blah, blah podcast episode until then have a good night.